You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. And it's another Victory Monday, and I'm here with Louis Ragoni. Hello, Dolphins. Happy Monday. They grounded the Jets, Lewis. <laughs> they grounded the Jets. <laughs> the old, you, you use the oldest cliche in the books, do yep. you? Yep. Is that yep. what you're doing? <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, they, um, you know, the, the Jets, they, they were what, they, what we thought they were, right? So to speak. They were who we thought they were, yes. All right. And, uh, you know, they, they put a... They put a decent effort together on the defensive side of the football. Offensively, they were just not very good. Um, our defense did a pretty good job yesterday. They have an offensive guru at coach. Uh-huh. The best in the business. The best in the business. Yeah. He um, – I'll tell you, you know, and I'll say it again. I think I said it after the first time we beat him that they're keeping him around because they want that number one. Pick. Lose. <laughs> they yeah. want to lose. They want to lose. They want that number one pick. And um, I think that's the only reason he's still around. I don't, at, right at the end of this season, as soon as they've, you know, clinched the fact that they're going to get that number one, or even before that, if it happens prior to that, I think that you're going to see Gase out the window. As soon as they clinch that, that number one draft pick you're going to see him out the window because i i don't understand why he's still there i don't get it I just yeah don't. he'll he'll get fired in the locker room after game 16 <laughs> uh-huh, pretty much <laughs> yep pretty much so, so anyway um yeah i mean you know like you know you go back to the game yesterday and um you know it was kind of pretty much what i expected it to be you know our offense doing enough and their offense just not being able, being able to generate an awful lot and even with a couple of uh, fumbles on our end and, you know, some untimely penalties here and there that were hurting us, um, they still weren't able to really generate enough offense to really make it a football game. I mean, it was always somewhat close, but you never had the feeling that they were ever going to get back into that game in regard to the Jets. Agreed. You know? I really didn't. I mean, you know, uh, I thought that, uh, Landon Roberts played well. I thought uh, Xavier Howard played well. I mean, he's really playing at an elite level now. It's it's fun to watch him uh, because I, I don't know why people continue to throw at him. I just don't get it. Well, I mean, when here's the thing, Mike. It's always tempting when your corners are playing the other team's receivers man-to-man. So they're looking at that and they're like, we got to challenge these guys. And, and that's what happens every week. And most of the time, Howard's winning those battles. Um, yesterday on, on that deep pass to Mims, I believe it was Mims, he, he, it seemed like he was basically running the pattern. I mean, he, he had the guy covered like a blanket and, and the receiver had to jump over his back. Uh-huh. To you know, to break to up try another and play defense, right? Exactly. He would have had two interceptions again yesterday. So uh, that's the answer to your question. Uh, they feel that they're going to challenge them. We're going to put our guys out there on an, on an island, and and teams are challenging them. And you know, to to Howard's credit, he's doing a great job this year, like you mentioned. 
Now, you saw Landon Roberts make a, a critical fourth down stop in that game, and man, what a hit that was. I mean, mm-hmm. he, knocked, he knocked Gore backwards, and you don't see that very often. Not at all. I mean, you know when he's hitting somebody. You know, he reminds me, of, you know, when you saw Offord all back in the day. That's exactly who I mentioned yesterday. Yes. He hits, he hits just like Offord all had. He's not a good, as good a player as Offord all in other areas, but – as far as running up and meeting the ball carrier, he's as good as uh, I believe Offerdahl was. Oh yeah, I mean in the in the short amount of time that he plays, he makes his presence known. I mean he goes out there and he just blasts people. I mean you know when he's you know when oh that had to be Roberts that hit that guy because the guy yep. just goes backwards. Um, you know he did. He usually does a great job when he's on the field in regard to that, and I like him in those situations. And you know, he's he's a key part of our defense in the, in those situations. Um, I liked what he said. He, he said when you were on on fourth down, that you know that's insulting to our defense. <laughs> right, right, right. So he takes it personally, and uh, that's why he does what he does. You know, Mike, if you go back. Over the course of this season and teams attempting to run the ball on us on fourth down, I, you know, I'd love to go back. I don't know that what the statistic is, but memory and thinking back, God, Dave's, Dave's made a lot of stops on fourth and shorts this I'm, year. I can think of at least three or four of them. Yes, absolutely. At least three or four, if not more. So they're doing a really, really good job at at um, stopping the other team in those situations. Um, And it was nice to have Wilkins back yesterday, too. Yes. Wilkins was back yesterday. Um, That was the positive. The negative was Frank Gore was running all over us. And, you know, (laughs) he he just seemed like a young guy again. I mean, he, he had a nice, nice day yesterday. You know, he averaged around four yards a carry. Their offensive line is not very good. Uh, on the jet side of the football, and they were able to run the ball decently yesterday. I mean, he—I think he had the majority of their rushing attempts. I don't—I I remember one of these, one of their other running backs, maybe running the ball two or three times yesterday, and that was the extent of it. It was all gore. Uh, I think the defense overall played well, right? I mean, you would say. I think they did. I mean, you hold the team to three points. How could you say they didn't? You know, I mean, I thought they played a stellar game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Van Ginkle early in the game put the pressure on Darnold and um, coming around the outside and their tackle or guard, whoever it was, got called for holding. That was a big play early on. And, um, you know, they set the tone. You know, they didn't do anything spectacular yesterday, but when you hold a team to 260 total yards over the course of a game, with a couple turnovers on our offensive side, you know, giving them the ball with right. extra opportunities there, I think it's a, you know it's a productive day, and uh, you know you can't you can't ask for anything more. They did their job as well as the offense. The offense did did enough to to get the job done as well. Well, let's talk about the offense for a minute. I mean, obviously we had Fitzpatrick back uh, behind center. Um, how did you feel yeah. he played? Yeah, I mean, I felt Fitz, he did a pretty good job yesterday. Uh, he did enough to win the football game. Uh, we turned the ball over a couple times on fumbles. 
uh, that shortened a few drives, especially when Breida put the ball on the ground. We had a nice drive going there. I think we had two or three straight first downs. It looked like we had a nice little uh, drive. You know, yeah, you, re- nice- you really hated to see him put the ball on the ground there. And, you know, I think his playing time after that was uh, held back. So, Yes. And, you know, this is the problem. I mean, there's a reason why Breida has not, up to this point, seen the field a lot and maybe he's doing a lot of fumbling in practice i don't know what the deal is but um you know he had an opportunity yesterday to shine and you know at times he looked good and obviously the fumble hurt other times you know he looked a little tentative in the in the holes there you know when he runs the football he seems to run a little bit soft and uh you know it, it listen it's a glaring problem for us um you know, me and you were talking during the game yesterday, and they they were just lining up and throwing the ball every single down, it seemed like, early in the game. Now, I know as I'm looking at the stats here that they wound up getting a decent amount, decent amount of rush attempts, but a lot of that came late in the game. You know, DeAndre Washington wound up with 13 attempts, and a lot of that was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, you, had, you had two fumbles in the third quarter, I believe, that you know where they were really trying to you know use more of the clock and then slow the game down and uh, keep possession. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I mean, so you know they're lining up and they're just throwing the ball play in and play out early in the game. I mean, Mike, especially in the first half. I mean, they had very few rush attempts in the first half. I mean, we'd have to go back and look at it um, and and actually see what the number was. But I can, I can tell you just from memory that it wasn't a lot. There was a ton of passes being thrown. And, you know, to answer your question, Mike, I thought he, he didn't throw any interceptions. There are a few passes that could have been picked. Um, but his you know what when he anticipates where the receiver is going to go it's just a fun thing to watch i mean he's getting the ball and he's not giving the defensive line an opportunity to get to him and him and parker are definitely in sync yes absolutely they 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 truly are um it's fun to watch those two because you can't really stop it I mean, the only way you're going to stop it from what I've seen this year is if Fitzpatrick's throws are a little bit off. Right. Or Parker drops the football. Or it deflects. Right. Off his, off his hands or something like that. You know, right. I, I, there's no way to physically defend it because Parker is just so good at boxing the defender out. You know, they can't go through him. So it's a very difficult play to defend. And you had Gasicki with a catch in the end zone for a touchdown. It was nice to see him uh, make a contribution. Yes. Yeah, he had a couple of catches yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's funny because I know he was on the field for the majority of the day yesterday. And, you know, you look at him, he got targeted five times. He had two catches for 35 yards in the touchdown. You know, you just – you just see glimpses of, you know, of a guy that has all this athletic ability. The touchdown pass, you know, Fitzy put a lot of air under it. And right. um, I'll tell you what, you know, that, that came close to being an incompletion for that reason. But Kasicki did a great job of jumping over the defender as tall as he is. And that's what that's how you have to utilize the guy. I mean, he's got all this athletic ability. And then you look at his numbers at the end of the day, and he's got two catches for 35 yards when yeah, it's all said and yeah, done. Yeah, and he was out there for 50 plays. So 
Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. And, you know, on on those 50 plays, I mean, probably the majority of them were passing plays. So 36 were, so yes. Right. And the one thing Fitzy's going to do is find the guy that's open. That's what he does. He spreads the ball around. He looks around the field. He does a great job of doing that. So if, in fact, Gusecki is getting open, he's going to see the football, much like Parker does. So it is what it is. I mean... Going forward, let's just hope that, you know, he steps his game up. He becomes a better football player. But, you know, I say it over and over again, you know, as these weeks go by, you know, when are we going to see it? I mean, we're in his third – he's in his third season now. So, I mean, he's a guy right behind Parker, Mike, as you look at this roster on offense. That has to do it. Yep. I agree with you. I mean, look, I I don't want to get on him too bad because, I mean, he does contribute, but – you're really looking for him to approach, you know, upper echelon status, and he has he's not really doing that. Uh, that that's my issue with it. I mean, this is a kid who has a lot of talent, and they have got to find a way to get him open more often uh, and, and get him involved in the offense more often because you can't do it on Parker alone once you start playing these better teams because they're going to take Parker away. They're going to try to. Well, they're going to try to, yes. But, you know, I mean, you play some of the better defenses and uh, they they'll, will have an easier time doing it than the New York Jets did. Yeah, I mean, I, Mike, I think it's an impossibility to defend some of those throws that they make between the two of them, those back shoulder throws. I mean, you can throw a safety over there, but the safety's not going to be able to cover the outside of the field like that. And that's where they, they, they are really productive. And then the quick slant... You know, nine times out of 10, they hit on that too, which is a very, unless you put a linebacker right in there to defend that, that's another tough, a tough play to defend. So I think they're always going to have success because I just think Parker at this point is just a, a very accomplished receiver. And I think that regardless of what you do against him, he's going to make his plays where, where we lack is the ability to have other guys produce on this team. I mean, you know, he threw to what, eight, nine, ten different players yesterday, Fitzpatrick. Uh, He got a lot of guys involved, and there wasn't anything great. I mean, Grant is another one. You know, we talk about Gusecki, and Grant, you know, once Williams went down, we figured we'd see a lot more of him. Well, Grant didn't play as much yesterday. They were using uh, Hollins a lot more. Uh, Hollins was in for 47 snaps. Grant was in for 24. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so they were going with, uh, you know, the bigger guys on the outside there. Yeah. Uh, You know, I just, you know, we talk about it all the time. He's another guy you kind of want targeted a little bit more to put the ball in his hands. I mean, he he had two targets yesterday. He had two catches for 15 yards. Yeah. you know, going forward, we play teams like Kansas City and some of these other teams. Um, you know, these guys are going to have to make plays because, you know, Kansas City is going to score points. And these guys are going to have to step up their games and they're going to have to become a bigger part of our offense. Because right now you've got no running game and you've got Parker and... Um, Speaking of running game, what, what did you think of DeAndre Washington yesterday in his uh, limited playing time? I thought he did a great job uh, for a guy that, you know, just it, it really just got a lot of playing time yesterday for the first time. He looked good. He looked elusive. You know, he can catch the football. He's a positive in that sense. Um, 
You know, and he looked shifty. He looked faster than Breida did at times. You know, he was, you know, he, he was very. Maybe a little more decisive. Yes. In regard to his cuts, uh, you know, he, he did a very good job yesterday, I thought. You know, he looked better than anybody else did. Um, you know, we hope to have Gaskins back next week. I think he's very, very close. So, you know, we're going to go back to Gaskins, who was doing a very, very solid job. But, you know, I know there's a lot of talk you know, in regard to the draft next year, Mike, and the needs on this football team. And, um, you know, a lot of people say it's wide receiver. This is what I look at. You know, I look at the team as a whole and, you know. You can live, I think, with the wide receivers that you have if you can find a slot receiver who's going to make an impact. Right. Uh, You know, I think outside you have Williams and you have Parker and assuming Williams is healthy, you're probably okay there. Uh, but I think the slot position is really what we're hurting. We don't have a legitimate slot receiver. Right. And, but, well, here's the other thing, Mike, that, you know, you got to remember that you got Albert Wilson. Yeah, and, I, rem- and I, I remember. I'm just wondering what Wilson's going to have left, you know? Well, I mean, he had a day, I mean, a, a, a year to rest. Um, uh-huh. And he looked pretty good at the end of last So you can assume he looked pretty good at the end of last season. So you can assume him and Hearns. Hearns is a possession receiver that plays a lot of the slot in the outside, too. So you've got two guys coming back next year that are under contract. And then, of course, you have Preston Williams, who may may or may. Is he coming back this year? Is there a possibility that he comes back this season? I don't know. Uh, that's a question don't the coach has yet to answer, right? Right. So Now, the rumor you know, is you, no. You, the rumor is no. So, you know, I don't know if there's okay. any truth to that or not. But that that's what's being speculated. Okay. So... You know, with that being said, you look at the running back position and man, oh man, is it a need? I mean, you know, we went out, we went the free agency route this year and that didn't work out all that well. I mean, and, you know, we traded for Breida, we signed Howard, uh, you know, we we traded for DeAndre Washington. Yeah, they they tried to get Le'Veon Bell. That didn't work out, you know. Right. And, and you know, watching Le'Veon you know, he hasn't impressed me up to this point, not for the type of money that he's making, so on and so forth. He hasn't done an awful lot in Kansas City. The kid's still starting, and the kid out there is playing most of the time anyway. So I think that would have been a mistake on this team as well. What they have to do is is they really do have to get a good young running back that can run with some power and has some speed as well. We just haven't had it in a while. You know, we need a guy that's going to make plays back there you know, in regard to the running game. And I think that's more of a need than it is at wide receiver. Um, you know, offensive line-wise, you know, you can say we probably need another guy there as well. I mean, I'd love to see another guy drafted early there. So there's some needs on the offensive side. I mean, you can't address every single one of them in the one draft. But, um, you know, no, to go but out every, and- every team has holes. So you just want to fill the most important holes. You know what I mean? Every every mm-hmm. team has positions that they're thin. That's just the way the league goes because the salary cap will only stretch so far. But, uh, you know, I think that you have to prioritize your weaknesses. And, and obviously, we need a running back. And I don't know that they need a top dollar running back, but they need a running back who can pick up short yardage and maybe has a little bit of uh, ability to catch the football. Yes. I mean, Mike, look around the league over over the course of, uh, you know, these players' careers, the guys that signed that second contract at the running back position, and they're okay. 
they're not dominant at that point. You know, running backs, right. you get their best years out of them, you know, their first when three they're or young. four years. Sure. When they're young, they start taking a toll. Now, there are exceptions. You know, Adrian Peterson has been pretty solid everywhere he's gone. But then there's a lot of guys that, you know, break down after those four or five years. So you, you need to draft a running back. You need to get a real good solid back in here that's going to make plays for you. And I, it, it's an absolute necessity because we have no we have no running game whatsoever right now. Just yeah, nothing. you need a little, little bit of a threat back there. I mean, I, I don't know, like I said, that you have to go first round pick. But I mean, you need a guy who is going to do the things that I suggested before. Right. And and we don't have that right now. We don't have that guy who we can be sure is going to pick up tough yardage and uh, still be elusive when, uh, you know, going out for a third down pass. And what we're talking about, obviously, is a three down back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, and you're absolutely right in regard to the slot situation. I mean, if you can get that type of player in the second, maybe third round. I mean, you look around the league at uh, Jerry Judy, the guy we faced a couple of weeks ago in Denver, and and C.D. Lamb, and these type of guys. I mean, they're very, very, very good. And to have a guy like that on this football team would be fantastic with the two big fellas on the outside. I mean, yep. be, that'd be a great compliment. You know, you were hoping that Grant would develop into that, especially with Wilson not around this year. but. The fact that no, he only played playing a handful him in the, of they're plays. They're not playing him in the slot. They don't put him in the slot. Right. They're usually playing him outside. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a need there as well, I think. I think on the outside, I like our guys. You know, do we need a home run hitter? Probably a guy that's got all that speed. I mean, listen, um, our boy's a free agent after this season, is he? isn't he? Who are you talking about, Landry? Yep, the guy up in Cleveland who had a nice game yesterday. I think he becomes a free agent. So maybe they bring him back. Who knows? But He's, um, he's going to be expensive. He, oh, there's no question about that. Yeah, so, I mean, we're only we're only going to have 30-something million to spend next year. So I don't know that, you know, a, a receiver is going to be in that budget. I think they have to get one through the draft. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, anyway, going back to, you know, Fitzpatrick yesterday, I thought he did a pretty solid job. You know, we kind of got off um, got off the subject and went in a few different directions. I thought he did a very, very good job yesterday. Um, 257 yards, threw the ball 40 times, and that's what's going to happen when he's on the football field. And um, the offense, to me, was productive yesterday. They were moving the chains. Um, you know, as a whole, you look at the amount of plays that they were on the field alone. And what'd you say, Mike? It was like 70? 71. 71 plays. I mean, last week, I think we were on the field about half of that. And, yep. um, you know. You got to convert third downs or it's, you know, it's going to be a short day for the offense. Yeah, and exactly. And uh, we'll go back to that in a minute. Let's just, you know, we'll talk about that. I kind of want to talk about some of the other guys yesterday, like Sanders, uh, who just had another phenomenal game. I mean, two more 50-yard field goals. I mean. You just can't say enough about him. He's got to make the Pro Bowl. Absolutely. Got I mean, to. Mike, I think he he must have at least 15 50-yard field goals this year, right? It's got to be close <laughs> to that. I don't know if it's that many. I, but. I, I, it's a lot. It's a lot. Maybe it isn't 15, but. <laughs> yeah, it I may mean, seem like it, but it's not. But but he he has been fantastic. And uh, he only has one miss on the year. And, and I think he's one of the few kickers who can say that. Just 
absolutely incredible the effort that that guy i mean what a plus you know points wise you know when you got a guy that yeah, you get to the 40 yard line all right you know what just bring him out let's get three points on the board i mean it's such a plus and you mentioned howard uh needham had a pick yesterday it's interesting because needham is getting a lot of the playing time uh, out there over some of these other guys, you know, like he's our playing well. He's Griffin. playing well. He really is. He's playing well. Yep. I felt he, I felt he did a good job again yesterday. Um, you know, past that, you know, we talked about Parker, you know, the Sheehan with the touchdown catch. You love to see that. You love to see the tight ends. They're not on the field much, but when they are on the field, they're making plays for us. I mean, you know, how many touchdowns do – our tight ends have now between Sheehan and um, and um, Smythe. I mean, they yep. they have at least six between them, right? I would think probably if it's in that neighborhood anyway. It's definitely in that neighborhood. I mean, they're they're being productive in the red zone, probably more productive than than anybody. I mean, our backs don't catch balls in the red zone for touchdowns. Our receivers, mm, you know. Not a, not an awful lot. The tight ends have been the key there inside the red zone. So they they target them a lot, and you love to see it. They're they've been productive. They haven't dropped passes anytime they're called upon. They've done the job. So you you got to be happy at that tight end position. Something that we were concerned about. I remember at the beginning of the year, Mike, when we talked about um, you know pass Gusecki. What do we have? We don't have an awful lot. Well, these. Right. These two guys have done a really solid job for us. They have. And I think they're doing a decent job blocking-wise, too, I would think. You know, because they, they, they do use a lot of formations with, with them on the field. Um, you, know, you wouldn't know it because we just don't run the ball an awful lot week in and week out. Well, I would say yesterday their run blocking was far better than their pass blocking. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. They they are making a contribution, and that's really what's important. Um, you know, we I look at the pressures yesterday, and uh, uh, Austin Jackson gave up the most, but he didn't give up a sack, and that's the most important thing. He gave up one hit in three hurries. So you'll take that every every week from your left tackle. Mm-hmm. Jesse Davis gave up a sack, three hurries, and you know, four pressures overall. Fitzpatrick, uh, they attributed two of the sacks on him uh, and a pressure on him. So, you know, I, he held the ball too long, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eric Flowers had a couple of pressures, uh, one sack and one hurry, uh, which is not terrible. I mean, obviously, you'd like to not see the sack given up, but uh, you'll take that. They, You know, they had a rough week the week before, and they did play a little bit better, especially the tackles yesterday. You look at the offensive line yesterday, and as I watched them in certain situations, they weren't very good. Uh, it seemed like Fit- they had trouble up the middle with Williams. Yeah, they did. And Fitzpatrick at times was just anticipating the rush. He does a great job of just sliding left or right. He did that quite a few times yesterday and just creating another second or two of time to get the football down the field. And then they, they were productive plays down the field. He does a really solid job of doing that, and it was interesting. Let me tell you what he did yesterday. You know, uh, Pro Football Focus threw out a stat after the game, Uh Uh, and I don't know that it included the whole game because I don't know if they were completely finished or not. 
Okay. But they had, they had said that for most of the afternoon, the ball was out in 1.87 seconds. That's incredible. Okay. I mean, that's just lightning quick. So, I mean, that, that, that helps keep you clean and, and avoid some of the sacks. Yep. He's normally around uh, 2.2 seconds to give people a comparison. Well, and he's a little bit quicker than Tua. You know, Tua is two three, two four, somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was just dealing it yesterday. So he he did a great job in regard to that because, and you know, we look at the offensive line, and um, if Tua was in, maybe. It looks a lot like it did the week before with the offensive line. I don't know, but well, when we you, don't know. When you mention a number like that to where he's getting rid of the ball in one point eight seconds, I mean, and that, not throwing and not throwing an interception, which I think is the key to that whole thing. Yes, uh, getting the ball out very, very quick and and not having it uh, intercepted or or you know a, a poor throw. So he was pretty much uh, dealing well yesterday. I like it. Yeah, and and giving his receivers an opportunity to make plays. It was interesting as I watched the game yesterday. I love James Lofton. I mean, this is a guy that played wide receiver in the NFL. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And he played for a lot of years for a few different teams. He played for Buffalo. We all remember him we absolutely do. killing us at times. Uh-huh. Uh, he started his career with Green Bay. He was great there. And then he ended his career with the Raiders. I, I truly, truly respect his opinion out there. And listening to him yesterday, I found it very interesting, you know, the comments that he made and the comparisons between what Tua, do, what Tua does and what Fitzpatrick does and the fact that Fitzpatrick anticipates where the receiver is going to be. And he, he just stressed that over and over again, that he's getting rid of the ball and he's putting the ball where he thinks the receiver is going to be and the receiver is there. And uh, you can't te- you can't really teach that. It's just something that you have to you have to have a feel for. The other thing he mentioned was the fact that the receivers themselves are not getting. You know, he mentioned that a couple of times where he, they showed the replays and there's just nobody open down the field. And this is something that you it's know been plaguing us all season. Either quarterback is going to look. You know, it, they're going to look down the field and they're going to see that. Um, you know, the difference between Fitzpatrick and, and Tour, I find, is that Fitzpatrick will still give his receivers, even if they're covered, an opportunity to catch the ball. Whereas uh, Lofton mentioned cautious. this. Right. Lofton mentioned this yesterday, too, to where as he watched the film from the week before or the couple of weeks before in regard to Tua, he wasn't giving his receivers those opportunities. The, the passes were not close to where they even had those opportunities. So it was interesting to hear him talk about that. And he also brought up the fact that, you know, when. When he was at Alabama, he had guys running wide open. He didn't have, he had a lot of separation. And that was absolutely the truth. I mean, you know, these guys that we have on the football field right now, there's not going to be a lot of separation. So, you know, you just have to roll with it and, and, and hope that they come up with the plays. You know, you're going to have to do that going forward if he's, in fact, on the field this weekend. So, well, yeah, yeah. You know, he has, he understands where his, you know, where his deficiencies are. And uh, I'm sure that they are working on this, you know, if and when they practice, uh, because he, he, you know, he knows that that he's got to give them more opportunities. He specifically spoke about him and Parker. 
So, you know, he, he understands what he needs to do, but now he has to go out there and do it. He absolutely has to. I mean, this is a real, they said that he was close. I mean, I read something to where he was close to playing yesterday. So my guess is he's going to be playing this Sunday. And I'll tell you, you know, th- this is a big game. Um, it's a game where he has to go out and he has to do something because, you know, we talked a little bit about this yesterday as well, is that I don't want the season coming down to us basically putting the whole season on one football player. I mean, this is a team. This is a team out there. Well, aren't and, they still a team if he's on the field? Well, th- the thing is this, is that we can't put – we can't over – emphasize the quarterback and Tua at the expense of the rest of the football team. And that's what fans have to understand as well, is that you've got a lot of guys out there busting their ass week in and week out. And if you're out there and you're trying to basically develop a quarterback at the expense of the rest of the team in this season, uh, there's guys out there on special teams busting their hump. There's guys out there that have been in the league for years, like Devontae Parker, that haven't experienced a playoff game. And that's what people have to understand, that as a head coach, Flores has to look at this and say, okay, I understand what we have to do, but are we going to basically try to develop one guy and put the emphasis on one player at the expense of the rest of this team? And, and I'll go even a step further with this, Mike, okay? When, when you're going three and out, and we talk about the, de- the development of Tua and the fact that he has to develop, but when you're going three and out, it's not only a bad thing for him, but it's a bad thing for all our young offensive linemen. I mean, if they're on the field for 35 plays over the course of a game, they're not developing. Um, you know, whereas yesterday you said we had 71 offensive plays. You've got offensive line. You had two, three young kids out there. We were there playing the Jets are, yesterday, are, Lewis. <laughs> it doesn't, Mike, it doesn't matter. The yes, point is, is you're, you're playing a football team and you're getting repetitions out there. And every week is a challenge. It doesn't matter. I mean, you guys mentioned preseason all the time. Well, if pre he didn't have a preseason this year. Okay, well, that's fine. Preseason, you don't get nearly as much work as you do in a, in a true NFL but game. you get work during the week and you get work on the game itself and you get work during the next week and you see more film and you have more meetings and that's all stuff that he missed you have to have you listen oh my my the bottom line is this and this is my point and and then you can you know you can um talk about it after the fact but the thing is this is that it's one player and there's a lot of guys across this football team including Gusecki and everybody else that plays on that offensive side um, that has to develop as well. And it's it's just not productive to be out there and doing what they did two weeks ago. And if that continues on Sunday, they, they really do have to make a decision going forward because, as I mentioned, you got 54 well, guys made on the decision. He's, he said that this kid's going to be a starter. He, he, that's his decision. Mm-hmm. This so, week for yes. this Sunday. Yeah, well, he he said he is the starter. He didn't say whether it's going to be forever or one game. I'm sure he's talking a game at a time, probably because he wants to motivate his players. But my, my view on this is very simple. There's 53 guys on this football team. 53 guys have to go out and win. I don't care who the quarterback is. 
Absolutely, but a lot of it falls on him. And I'm telling you that they don't have the on the offensive side right now anything that's going to be somewhat productive for him to be out there right now. We're a defensive football team, okay? Mm -hmm. Right now, our defense is our strength. I don't care which quarterback is out there. Right, but the offense is better. You said you were going to let me speak. Go ahead. Can I speak? Okay. As I said, I don't care which quarterback is out there. They have got to play within themselves, not get a lot of turnovers, just move the ball, short passes, handoffs, whatever. Um, Tua is going through a learning curve. That's inevitable. He's going to go through that learning curve whenever it is you decide to put him in. I don't see any point in waiting until next year to start him on that learning curve. I think that he needs to play. Now, if he goes out there and totally bombs, you know, and and you put him out there again and he totally bombs, then, then that coach has to make a decision. You know, is this kid ready to be out there? But I don't think, you know, a four-game sample is enough of a sample size to make any decision on Tua right now. The decision is what what are you trying to accomplish he did bomb two weeks ago, Mike. I mean, that's the bottom line. He well, truly that's fine, did. But he, I, you're not going to take a quarterback out because he bombed one game. Look at what Tom Brady's been doing. The great quarterback, the best ever, they say, and he's had some miserable games this season. I mean, you know, it happens. It they goes all with have the position. Yeah, sure. Derek, Derek Carr did as well yesterday. But when you look at the talent around those guys, they have people we don't you're putting him in a no-win situation that's my point and you know you can't tell me that parker and some of these guys as they're looking at both of these guys at quarterback are not happier when fitzpatrick is on the field i mean i find that hard to believe if i was a receiver on the miami dolphins right now i'd be like look I want to move the football. I want to score touchdowns. I want to win these football games. And I don't feel right now that he is the guy that is going to do that for me offensively. Now, again, we're going to get another test this week against Cincinnati. They're not a very good football team. And I really was hoping that Tua was going to play this week so we could at least see him, you know, get some repetitions and see what he's capable of doing against a team that's not very good. Unfortunately, he didn't play but he's going to get another opportunity this week and we know that what i'm saying is is if he if he shows us something much like he did in denver then i you know i just don't see any positives coming out of it for the rest of the season i just don't i mean you can't just keep you know you're beating a dead horse there at, at some point i i um, think you're you're premature in, in that opinion because if nothing else he's getting accustomed to the speed of the game Okay, if he if he plays terrible, he's still getting experience. He's still going to have film to learn from. You get something out of it. You do. So, you know, he needs reps. And the only way he's going to get reps is by the coach biting the bullet and sending him out there. Uh, He knows that Fitzpatrick would probably do a better job. He's 100 percent aware of that. Uh, He knows Devontae Parker would prefer Fitzpatrick throw him the ball. But we've got a rookie quarterback that we have got to get up to speed so we can compete next year and the year after and the year after. Yeah. I mean, I again, you know, I feel we're putting the, the cart before the horse. 
Um, well, we're going in circles, Lewis. And, you know, it's, it, it's, I, I, again, I just don't feel it's very productive for him. I think yesterday, if he had played, he probably would have gotten sacked about eight times yesterday. And Fitzy took some bad hits. I mean, you know, it's something that you have to concern yourself with. I don't think our offensive line this far into the season is, is playing overly well. Fitz um, was hit three times. Yeah. And that had a lot to do with Fitz. It had a lot to do with him getting the ball out the ball out quick. Absolutely, totally agree with that. But again, we got to get Tua there, right? The only way to get him there is by giving him experience. So, you know, you're looking at this year these players right now. The coach has to look at that, and he has to look at the future. Okay, because he's in it for the long haul. He's got to win with this kid, or. They have to admit that they made a mistake if that turns out to be the case, and then you've got bigger problems. Uh, yeah, you have bigger problems for sure. Um, well, we'll see. Come Sunday, we'll see. We'll see exactly what it, where he goes from from there. You look at the schedule, and if we get past this game on Sunday – uh, you know, we're at eight wins and going into the final month, you know, one or two wins may get you into the playoffs. So, you know, that's that's what you know, that's what I'm looking at. That's what you're gambling, Lewis. That's what you're gambling. You're gambling. It may be a wild card spot. OK, that's what you're gambling away. If, if you put him in and he bombs, that's what you're gambling away. Um, considering, you know, we have four draft picks next season, you know, two of them are ours, you know, in the top two rounds. I'm willing to give up a wild card game to get this kid experience if it, if it needs to be that way. My hope is that he would go in and play better and we still make that wild card game. I mean, that's the ideal situation. But if you put him in and he, he doesn't achieve that, I don't feel like you've lost a whole lot, honestly. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's you as a fan. I I feel differently. And uh-huh. I'm sure the players on this football team will feel differently. Oh, um, I'm sure the players are going to play for whoever is out there. You know, I, I think every fan, every Dolphin fan out there, obviously you want to see Tua develop because you don't want to be back in the same boat in regard to not having a quarterback going forward. There, there's no question about that. But, but as a fan, I don't care. You know, you, you're you're you want to win the division number one, and it may very well come down to that last game of the year. I don't know up in Buffalo, but that's what you want. You want games that are important. I don't want to go into this game Sunday and wind up losing to Cincinnati and being back to square one, and basically the season's over at that point. Now, hopefully, he plays well enough, like you said, and and we don't have to worry about it going forward. You know, he goes out there, he plays an outstanding game. And, uh, you know, and it's a mute point, all of this, you know, but look, Fitz's game yesterday wasn't outstanding, but what he didn't do was make mistakes. Okay. And you would hope the same from Tua. Just don't lose it for us. Let the defense win it. Right. Well, the offense, Mike, the, the, listen, the offense has to develop. They have to do something. I mean, we saw the, you know, the result of the offense doing nothing in Denver. They, they have to be part when of this I football say, team. When I say, I'm not saying, you know, sit on the ball every down. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you play relatively conservative mm-hmm. and just don't screw it up and let the defense win it. That's what you're going to do if you're developing this kid because he, he I don't, I'm not going to say they're never going to take deep shots because I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be as aggressive with Tua as you would probably be with Fitzpatrick. 
So we'll see. We'll see what the coach decides. You know, he it's a tough decision. I'm glad I don't have to make it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean, he's, you know, he's between a rock and a hard place right now. And, um, you know, we'll see. I know, I know he's going to make, he's going to do the right thing, you know, going forward. I, I know how he is. I know he wants to win football games. I know he wants to make the playoffs. There's no question about it. Of course he does. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, this, this week's telling. It really is. It, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So, All right, Lewis. You know, <laughs> we talk on Sundays, and I, <laughs> I, I, know, I, know where you, I know where you're at because, obviously, you know, we've had these conversations at least in part before. You know, and it, and it's interesting. We both kind of have been feeling different ways about it, and that's that's uh, not normal for us because generally we see a lot of things the same. But in this particular instance, I feel this kid needs playing time, and you feel Fitz needs to take us to the playoffs, uh, and I get it. So we'll see. We'll Just see win, baby. Just win. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll see what the coach decides. You know, he's that. Like I said, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision because I would not want to. Yeah, it, um, it's a dilemma. There's no question about it. It truly is. But, um, you know, uh, there's there's real – we've said it a million times, too. There's really not a right answer to it. Correct. It just isn't. And it's unfortunate, you know, but if he plays better, it solves all the problems, right? That's it. Everything goes out the window. If you put him in, you hope the team rallies around him. That's that's what you hope for, right? And and maybe you get a little bit more out of you know the linemen, and maybe you get a little bit more out of the running backs, and they're all trying to pick him up, and and through that you get a better effort offensively. It did not look like that was happening the last time he played. So not Mike, you know, over that over those four games, they were kind of like they just seemed like they were off until until didn't they? They were off a bit, a little bit. A little bit, you know. Um, um, I don't know if "off" you know, is the right word. I, I would say they weren't. They didn't see. They didn't seem as aggressive to me. Yeah, they just seemed like they were. They weren't in sync. Um, at you know, there were they put a decent drive together here and there, but for the most part, they weren't in sync. But they don't have a lot of talent there. That's the other problem. So that they don't have a lot of practice. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, you know, because of COVID and all that. We'll see what happens. So, if we, you know, with that, Lewis, is there anything else you wanted to add? Today? No, I think we're good. We covered all the guys that uh, that played well yesterday. We got a win, and uh, that's and that's the most important thing, right? That's the most important thing to me right now is win, win, win. I I want to see playoff games. I looked at the the league yesterday and the way the Raiders got annihilated and the Browns struggled with Jacksonville. And these are teams that are, that are right there with us. And all of them, you know, have issues. The Ravens are a mess right now. I mean, it, it, it's going to be an interesting month. I will tell you that much because Indianapolis didn't look that good. Yeah. Yesterday. They were playing so great on defense and then oh, they did, didn't yesterday. Tennessee didn't just made them before. look silly yesterday. Yeah. I mean, and these are all the teams that we're competing up against. So, you know, we had we had a bad game against Denver. Other than that, we've played pretty well. So, you know, let's uh you know, let's stay positive and let's uh you know keep winning football games. That's the bottom line because I'll tell you, the AFC right now is, you know, past Kansas City and uh, Pittsburgh, it's it's all over the place. It's gonna be a fun month. Been a while since we played meaningful football in December. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. Yep, absolutely. 
All right. We'll be back on uh, Wednesday. All right. With Jim, and we'll we'll talk about the Bengals. The Bengals. The kitty cats. <laughs> yeah. And until uh, then, everybody, uh, thanks for listening and fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 